Speeches where he did not appear, but the state attorney general could sue Favre if he doesn't pay interest owed on the amount. The Mississippi auditor said last Wednesday. Shad White said, who's the auditor in Mississippi, said that Favre paid the 600K to the auditor's office. He had sent Favre a letter back earlier in October demanding $828,000, which was 600K plus the 228,000 in interest of the 228k still old white said if he does not pay that within 30 days of our demand the attorney general will be responsible for enforcing the payment of interest in court going deeper into the article Favre said that he repaid the first of 1.1 million dollars that he received for multiple no-show speeches he was paid by the Mississippi Community Education Center, a nonprofit group whose former leader is actually awaiting trial on embezzlement charges. Favre said he didn't know the money he received came from welfare funds. He said that his charity had provided millions of dollars to poor children in Mississippi and Wisconsin. So I guess I guess that leaves him off the hook. You're talking about privilege. I gave money to charities in Wisconsin. There, therefore. I'm entitled to to that money. So so the the crux of this, and it's funny that so if you're if you're a wrestling fan like I am, I haven't had big in here in a long time. We talk about wrestling. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You remember the Million Dollar Man? Ted DiBiase was a wrestler. Then he was a uh, he was often a corner corner man later in his career as he got a little older. And he would come out to this song uh, that was money, 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 money. He'd always come in with the with the Gucci outfits and the sparkling outfits, and and was was he portrayed a filthy, rotten, rich character. Now Ted DiBiase is now a pastor in Mississippi, and he's also a part of this no show speech kind of in I don't, don't want to say embezzlement. Allegedly, he's alleged to be a part of this. And dealing with that in court, and supposedly he's on the hook for three point two million. So basically, this is an instance where Brett Favre, who's filthy rotten rich, if you go look up his if his estimated net worth is north of a hundred million dollars, he's got the Wrangler money. He's a he's a gold jacket guy. Every time he's introduced as Hall of Fame quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre. Many people have him in the pantheon of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, including John Elway, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Johnny Unitas. 
Dan Fouts, Dan Marino. He's considered by many to be one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the history of the game, myself included. I think that he threw a, a little bit too many interceptions for my taste. That pick that he threw when, when he was playing for Minnesota against New Orleans was, was abominable. But Brett Favre was, was no doubt great and a gunslinger and all of those things. Now, when Jameis Winston does, I'm not saying Jameis Winston is Brett Favre, but, but when, when it's a brother that, that throws a lot of picks, he's not a gunslinger. He's, he's low IQ and can't read a defense, but I digress. So Brett Favre was getting money. Now, I work in healthcare. That's why I'm bringing this up. Why, why, why the welfare and Medicaid programs were able to scratch out, because this was a part of TANF. This is a temporary assistance for needy families. So how TANF and these organizations parallel to TANF were able to scratch out a check for $1.1 million for Brett Favre to endorse TANF, that's bass backwards to start. Because you got someone that's worth 100 mil passing go on the Monopoly board and collecting another $200, or in this case, $1.1 million. Brett Favre was getting this money. We've talked about, I've talked about scams where I think Clint Portis was involved in a scam where they had this medical billing where they had worked with uh, a big baby. Glenn Davis was involved in the same scam. They were creating these encounters that didn't really exist. So they would say that if it was me, it's like, James Lewis, hey, you got, a, you got an appointment with your cardiologist on January the 3rd. I don't show up, but, 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 but the cardiologist is still billed for the service. And then because the cardiologist, cardiologist didn't actually see James Lewis, he was able to see another patient. So you got billed for, for two patients in the same 15-minute span. So he's doubling up or she's doubling up, whoever the doctor is. Don't want to be a sexist. What well, is the same? Brett Favre was getting paid for these speeches to, to promote TANF and promote uh, needs assistance programs. In Mississippi, which is arguably the poorest and most obese and most downtrodden state in the union. Now, I remember back when I was in America's, in AmeriQuest mortgage days, which I talked about being in a boiler room, I used to, I used to cover northern Mississippi and northern Alabama and, and southern Tennessee. So I know, I know Oxford and Senatobia and Tupelo and Okalona like the back of my hand. I know those areas very well. I BS you not, when I went to Okalona, Mississippi, I saw people riding horseback. This is back in like 2004, 2003. I saw people, I used to go out there to close loans. I used to do some of the title work. I was a notary. So I could actually go, I, I wrote the loans. I closed the loans. I could notarize the loans. It was legal for me to do that back then. And I would go out to Mississippi and actually have people sign the mortgage papers when I was charging them four points and put them on a 228 arm. And there are people in Oklahoma, Mississippi in 2003 that were still riding horseback and it wasn't some type of convention or some type of police officer. I know, I know where I live in Nashville, you see police officers on horseback. I'm talking about regular people on horseback going their way to Kroger. Saddle, they were saddling it up like the, like an old Western, like blazing saddles. That was their method of transportation. 
So you go to Mississippi, you go to Jackson, you feel like you've gone back 40 or 50 years in time. You can, you can, you can hear Martin Luther King Jr. saying, let freedom ring. And you can hear people protesting Jim Crow. Still, you can hear the ghosts of all of these people in Mississippi because that's, the, that's where the conditions are. So Brett Favre, was he a sinister mastermind criminal? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, he's rich. But the privilege comes in. The privilege of being wealthy and rich because I'm Brett Favre. I didn't show up to these speeches. I got paid for them. You would think that someone that has $100 million, when you found out that, hey, I didn't get paid for them, you would immediately write a check and say, hey, my bad, here's your $1.1 million back, and I'm going to actually make another $100,000 donation to a local charity. But this is drug out for the last year and a half, two years. There's no excuse for it. And the reason I bring it up, Brett Favre, we talk about character all the time. Brett, Brett Favre is, has, has shown some character, serious character flaws, but America loves Brett Favre. He's had alleged problems with, with drug abuse. It was pain medication. He had drug abuse. Early in his career, he wasted probably the first three, four, five years of his career being an al- alcohol, I don't want to say alcoholic, but someone who was out partying, not taking care of his body, Getting in trouble. That's how he ended up leaving Atlanta and going to Green Bay. Brett Favre has said some insensitive things about various cohorts that I'm not going to get into on this show. But Brett Favre has a history of saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing. I don't want to say thinking the wrong thing. But, but he doesn't have the best history. But we still worship the, the ground that he walks on. And, and that reeks of privilege. And people don't call him out for this. This should be a national story. You know, if this was if this was somebody from the delegation, I tend to think that this would be a, a, a much bigger story than it is. We kind of glossed over it, that it's not that big of a deal, but it's something that's ongoing. When you take money from Medicare and TANF and programs for needy people in Mississippi, which is the poorest state in the union, that's that's not a very high character individual in my in my opinion if you add all the other character things that that brett Favre has either been confirmed of or or alleged it, it just goes back to when when as someone who's who's of caucasian descent we we find reasons why they're still a gunslinger why they're american hero it's the it's the it's the southern country boy with the with the gray beard tossing the football but you know when it's a when it's a brother that does something stupid, man, they're a thug. They're a low IQ thug, or they're a kneeler, or they're a menace to society. And I'm just I'm just bringing it up. I'm not I'm not going to belabor the point, but but I, th- I thought that that was a story that I needed to share because it's been festering for quite some time. I've got my man David Meyer coming in. He's going to talk a little bit more about Medicare stars since we're talking healthcare and intersecting that with sports. He's actually going to come in and talk about Medicare and, and star ratings that recently came out the last uh, couple of weeks after these messages. You are done. Fired. Do not show your face at the laundry again. Stay away from Pinkman. Do not go near him. Ever. Are you listening to me? Or else you'll do what? 
What did you say? Stay away from Pinkman. Or else you'll do. What? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engaging Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell him that the Flatbush King sent you. He's the paragon of sports talk excellence. The Heisenberg of broadcast radio. The Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network. In the sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. We know. We know when we're lucky and we know when we're good. Yeah, yeah. The, you might not want to tell anyone that you were lucky, but you would know if you were lucky. If you're if you're an SVP or a VP running quality and you know that you were lucky, how do you manage that with your board? Yeah, I mean, it's, I just want to tell That's a really good question. I want to tell everybody listening. I mean, they, me. What they don't have access to is the fact that you and I talk about this and joke about this all the all time. All the time. I mean, they, I mean, there is no such thing as a leader that's responsible for a four, oh, four and a half or a five star, not. right? So that's a joke. It's a I mean, that's team a, base. It, 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 it's right. it's a stupid comment. Right. We've we've both heard people make it. It's it's it and it's it's even bigger than the team if you think about it, right? Because the whole thing doesn't happen without a network of of care providers that are willing to do the right thing. Work. And then it doesn't Spend happen that extra even further, minutes. right? Be, if the, 15 minutes getting a DEXA scam on somebody, yeah. If the patients themselves, the members aren't to willing to, to engage, right? right? So this literally is the village thing, right? Village. It takes it's the great. village. Well put. And so, so I mean, that's, so it's, it's, it's humorous when you hear or read on LinkedIn when somebody says, you know, right. I, I instituted right. X program right. and, and we, we got a four and a half star and I'm so proud. You're like, wow, wow, are you an a-hole? But, 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 it's, but, it's definitely, but, it's definitely but, a D-bag comment. Absolutely. D-bag but, but, comment. but I mean, but, but that aside, man, your, your question about, hey, what does next year look like? I mean, that's, that's big. And, you know, like there's, there's a handful of voices in the industry, um, uh, yeah, Rex Wallace, uh, Melissa Smith, Anna Hansha, um, you know, that, that are just out there all the time kind of talking about this. You and I have, have done some things, maybe not as much as, as, as some of those other folks, but um, good stuff that's been published. I was just chatting with Melissa uh, the other day all right. and, 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 and having a conversation about this. And she made the comment to me. She said, I tell 
my plans. So this is kind of a little inside baseball from her. I tell my plans, you, for, for 22 mm-hmm. and on, you need to do you. Mm. And what she means by that is that the, the strategy of filling in your STARS program with a tactic or a set of tactics, pardon me, that you didn't have, mm-hmm. but you're going you're gonna to hire a vendor or two or three or four, mm-hmm. and they're going to they're gonna slate in all these tactics, that that strategy is, is, is kind of tailing off, mm-hmm. that, that everybody more or less has a similar set of tactics now. Some, some small opportunities probably for some organizations that still exist. But a lot of the tactics are the same. And so what ends up being the difference between a three and a half, four, four and a half, or five in an environment where everybody has similar tactics? Part of it's execution, mm-hmm. right? But part of it is authenticity. Yeah. Part of it is truly understanding your local market. We were talking about um, Portland versus, right. was it the Bronx, the South Bronx yeah. versus, yeah, versus, uh, Baltimore. And, 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 and what does it mean to be authentic, local, authentic, yep. understanding what your community yep. needs. And, 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 and so, I mean, and partnering I, up with the right group. Yeah. And so you can't layer in a single strategy right. from, from some national vendors no, that are going to work yeah. in all three markets that's true. because the markets are too different. And we're at a right. spot now where that national strategy that's tone deaf, right, right, in each of these three markets because it doesn't understand the nuanced needs in all three, that's tone deaf starts to tail off its value, and you're paying a lot of money for star strategy that mm. that, that that doesn't that doesn't help. So no, I well tell put. you, man, I think I really think it's going to be you do you. I think Melissa nailed it. And you got to know yourself, though. You got to know yourself. A lot of people, you got to know, people don't know themselves. Right? Well, yeah, just and like me gotta, and you were talking about hey, we culture. Both, right, right, right. What What are we about right. as a health plan? Right. What, how do we show up right. with our members? Self awareness is important, man. It's, it's, it's important in your personal life, it's important in your professional life, and it's, it's becoming increasingly important in how we, when we were on the health plan side, how health plans and vendors that 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 market, how do we how do we get to to the to the end user to the member? How do we construct the network? You really have to have that self awareness. But I'm really glad to hear you say that because there is a disconnect sometimes in the ivory tower on the 30th yep. floor. Yep. There's a disconnect. You know, we're up here on the 19th floor. Yeah, halfway. If we're halfway, if we're halfway, halfway. we're halfway yeah. there. We're not the penthouse <laughs> yet. But we're but if we if we're if our yeah. job is to understand what's going on, I can see Trinity Lane from here outside this window. If our objective is to understand what's going on in Trinity Lane, which is a community that, that has some some issues in, in yeah. North Nashville, I gotta get out the Ivory Tower, man. I gotta I gotta get, you know, my arse on the street and actually have an understanding or at least have a team of people. And I have to be out with the providers. I have to understand what's going on. I can't just sit on the 30th floor and look at the data analytics package. I actually have to physically go to some of these places and shake some hands and kiss some babies. Maybe not in COVID well, kiss babies. Well, but. well yeah, yeah. Well, but, 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 I think, but I think part of also what you're, you know, I know you mean by what you're saying too, is it's, it's not just being there, but it's, it's being part of that community right you know being able to ask a question and get an honest answer right. anybody can fly in parachute in right. right and ask a bunch of survey questions and and then get caravaned back out again but that doesn't mean you got an honest answer right mm. and we talk about this all the time right why are the cap scores as high as they are i'm suspicious 
that a subset of, of Medicare beneficiaries are scared. Interesting. They're scared about losing their, their doctors, their hospitals. They don't want to see anybody go out of business. And they are so, they're so desirous to, to make sure that nobody is upset with them. When they get, they get surveys coming through, they just give high marks Mm. Because, like, what's what's the upside in giving a bad score? That's a good point. Well, it, it, nothing for them, and the downside could be huge. Right. And I've actually talked to some seniors that say, oh, I never I never give my doctor bad marks. Wow. The, anything that you don't like about him? Oh, sure. Well, wow. <laughs> right? So, 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 so I think it's this, this know yourself, know your community thing. There's an, authentic, there's an authenticity question implicit in there, right? Mm. When you say getting into the community – you mean not just physically going, you right. mean being part of it. And, 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 and so I, I, I just, you know, for, for anybody that's, that's, that's listening to us today and you're thinking about 22 strategy, I think understanding the sub-communities that you're talking about right now, the stratified mm. areas that perform well, the stratified areas that don't perform well, and why for each what are what are the hospitals that are available? The safety nets right, right, in those right, communities. Right. Um, it, it, you know, do they have a good reputation or a bad reputation? Right. Well, you know, you know too, all too often the bad reputations, oh, right? Very often. And yeah. so, so you know, do people just not access care at all, uh, or, or very rarely access care? And in which case, the, the, the you know the, they're not in the right denominators, right? You, I mean, we you and I talk about from a risk adjustment standpoint all the time that we are missing people that are diabetics, let's say. Oh, right? yeah. Right? We know this. Oh, yeah. So so who are we missing? Right. Are we missing wealthy diabetics? Right. Well-educated diabetics? Not so much. Right? Who are we missing? Low SES, yep. poor, isolated, can't get Can't get test strips? Can't get a glucometer. People, maybe you're not in a safe environment. Maybe you're pre-diabetic. Can't get the right diet to stay from going to diabetics. There you go. Transportation issues, right? All this stuff, right? And so you start you start to layer that stuff in. You start to look at that as a group. You say, well, oh my God. I mean, how you know, like even if we knew that they were diabetic, what would we do for them? And so, like this is to me, this is the calling of social determinants of health. But I think more to the to the point, it's. It's the, the getting to know your communities and taking that seriously. And I think, oh. you know, you, we, we, will not, we will not just be, I think, healthcare companies in the future. Yes. We're going to be yes. food yes. companies. Yes. And we're going to be, be social holistic. service yeah, companies. Great. And we're going to be healthcare and, and, companies. And we're going to be in-home And that's a great way to close. And, I think yeah. that's, that's my, when I hear Medicare for all, that's what I hear. I hear in the end. I hear you have, you know, you have your PCP, you have your specialty. If you have a, you know, if you have a heart issue or kidney issue or diabetes or, or something like that, um, if you're a COVID long hauler, then you have those other wings and they're all under the same umbrella and they're all working together in symbiosis yep. so that, and, and I think after we cross, so I think we cross that threshold in the next three or four years. I think five years after that, by 2030, we will have five years of data. We'll be able to predict James Lewis, who will be, you know, 55 by then. They'll be able to say, well, James Lewis, based on your, ham- your family's history, your current health history, mm-hmm. 
we think that you're going to have these issues when you age into Medicare. They already have a plan for me when I get there. And fortunately, me and you, we don't have the social determinants of health issues. But if we did, mm-hmm. part of the care continuum mm-hmm. and part of the care management plan is, hey, we know that James Lewis has these, these three chronic conditions. Mm-hmm. We know that his family history says that he might develop this fourth. Yep. And he has some of these other issues that are going on. So we're prepared to make sure he has things that you and I've been, uh, you know, banging on broadband access. Cause if he's a diabetic, we need to be able to scan and get his, uh, you know, the, the diabetes thing that's on your arm. Yeah, yeah. You need to be able to scan for that with technology. If he has CHF, we need to be able to weigh and see if he's retaining water. Yep. You're doing all of that, but you're also proactive in James Lewis, the person and the struggle that he has because he does not have proper nutrition and does not have proper broadband access and does not have proper transportation. And I think that people that do what we do 10 years from now, I think it's going to be glorious because you'll have people that aren't only just RAF and star guys like us. You're going to have more social workers that are, uh, that are ascending to run these teams because they understand what's going on in the street. And I think that's going to be great. Ab- no, I think I it's ab- going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. So I, what I would predict is not only are we going to have more social workers and, and, and more, like non, let, let's call it non-clinical right. uh, staff, right? Um, I I believe that those professionals are going to be providing color mm. on patients from a from a documentation Beautiful. standpoint. Beautiful. So if you think about today, who can document? Right. Well, nurse practitioners, PAs, physicians, right? That's who can document. RNs can document as long as the docs right. sign off on it. Um, I can, I, I imagine a future state where we're not even looking to physicians to be the only source agree. of information, on social determinants on Z codes. Right. I think we're going to be looking to social workers, right. to NGOs, to, to community-based organizations, I think CBOs. I can't wait for it. I think we're going to be, we're going to be collecting data on people with food insecurity from right. food banks. Right. And that's going to get captured, documented, integrated, and it's going to be part of the web. Good stuff. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to being with you, David, to to see that happen. I don't I don't know where we'll be in five years. I I hope that I'm still here doing this radio show, but um, but you never know. I might hit lottery and and go to to. Maldives. That's gonna be tough. I'm a big yeah. fan of the Maldives. Yeah. I want to go there and and just walk on the beach barefoot for the rest of my life. But if that doesn't happen, David and I here. will be here over the years. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate this clinic that you gave on, on stars. It's very valuable stuff. Um, you know, look up David Meyer on LinkedIn and look at some of his posts. I mean, if you ever want to interact with him, reach out to him on LinkedIn. Uh, He's a very well connected guy and knows a lot of people in this industry. And most importantly, David just understands, you know, we talk off offline all the time. I think him and I are, are very aligned. We don't view this healthcare thing as competitive. I just want everyone to be healthy. I want everyone to be successful with stars. I want everyone. I don't feel like for me to succeed, I have to take something from David if we're not at the same plan. You know, how can we work together? How can we, if we're working for two different vendors or have my own consultancy, how can we work together and and build something or use some of our connections so that more people can can be successful and more people can have better health outcomes? Because that's where it all starts from. If 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 you're able, you talk all the time. You never, I never forgot. You said if a teacher has 10 students, all of them are getting an A plus, except one's getting an F. Is that teacher succeeding? And on paper, average wise, it says yes, but that's, that's what's wrong with our society. We have, we have a lot of people that are getting 90%, Yeah, but we have one or two people that are getting 20% and that's not society. 
Well, and, and, we and have this to, is the fundamental problem with health equity, right? right? I mean, that's that's this is why we need the conversation. Right. Well, thanks so much, David. Looking forward to, to having you back again, and, and it's always a pleasure. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. This is Lance J, a.k.a. the Paragon of Sports Talk Excellence, a.k.a. the Heisenberg of Broadcast Radio, a.k.a. the Wolf of Wall Street. Listen to the Lance J Radio Network weekdays at 7 p.m. on Urban One's flagship 1450 WOL in Washington, D.C., and presented by our partners at Episource, the industry leader in healthcare analytics and Medicare Advantage quality products.